calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. It sure is, Keegan. And we are doing a mini episode. We are. So what do you have this week? We didn't even talk about this before we started. We that's, really That's how organized didn't. we are. We were just talking about other shit. And I've been day drinking. It's great. It's fine. Whatever. It's what, not I'm actually time. not drinking right now, which is unusual <laughs> for a nighttime recording. I know. I just like went out to lunch with my friend and then it turned into like going to Foreman's and having sangria. So what you're saying is like, you're not doing dry January. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. Have you met me? Yeah, absolutely not. I, <laughs> I feel the same. Have you met me? No. Um, I've been really interested in reading about the potential Democratic candidates yes, for the I, election. Yes, I have that as well. Because um, I know Elizabeth Warren this week put yes. her Did you happen to watch... toe in there. So let's just jump in. We're kind of breaking our uh, rule of worst. starting with the worst, but yeah. you know what? This happened naturally, so let's talk about let's this first. It. So did you happen to watch Elizabeth Warren's candidacy like video that I she put read, out? I read the text from it. Uh, I wasn't able to watch the video. I watched the video today. Um, maybe we can put a link to it somewhere. Yeah. How do you feel? It made me want to cry. So here's the thing. When I first heard that Elizabeth Warren was running, which she announced her candidacy via uh, email. On like Monday, right? Yeah, I think on Monday. Yeah. Um, so she sent that to uh, all of her supporters. My coworker mm. got one. Um when I heard that she was going to be running, I had mixed feelings. Yeah. My my first feeling, although I really like Elizabeth Warren and I yeah. admire her very, very much, but my first feeling wasn't one of excitement. It was like one of concern. You know, my first thought when I saw that she was running was this is going to be Hillary all over again. That's my concern. I mean, here's the thing. There are different politicians in yes. that I think that in many ways Elizabeth Warren is more likable, although ever since she announced her candidacy, everyone's calling her unlikable, which is well, bullshit. But do you know about so she was claiming that she is of Native American descent. Right. And so she had like a DNA test done and right. so Trump calls her Pocahontas, which is awful. Right. But um 
So she's she's already been kind of made unpopular by that, which made me very tentative to get too far behind her right away. I, I think a lot of people are feeling that. We don't want another Bernie situation. Yeah. Um, I think that that's the concern. Yeah. And definitely I'm holding my breath until we see who else will be running. Well, I've heard that Bernie is Please still no. a possibility, don't. but I yes, I love Bernie Sanders so do so I. Much. I have Bernie Sanders socks in that drawer right there. But of course, I love him, but I'm really hoping that that doesn't go through, but I'm at the end of the day, I'm still kind of rooting for Beto at this point. From what I've heard, gosh, it's confusing. I mean, it's not confusing, it's complicated because Elizabeth Warren is by far more qualified, she right. has way more experience. Um, and it's really frustrating to see a but- woman who is running who has more experience than really either of her counterparts that be discounted. But do you know exactly the situation we are in right now is the same thing that happened with Obama and Hillary in 08. Sure. There was Hillary and there was Obama. And a lot of times, from what I've been reading, Beto has very much been compared to Obama in a lot of respects. Not necessarily necessarily politically or anything like that, but more in... His personality. Personality, popularity, Mm -hmm. and the way of the political standpoint where we're looking at Elizabeth Warren, who is a career politician. She has a long history in it, things like that. And then we're looking at Beto, who is more of the popular, up-and-coming type. Right. I mean, I I would argue, though, that Elizabeth Warren is a little bit less of a career politician as someone who started as a... Um, school teacher, yeah. and then kind of went into being a senator, yeah. and then you know from there has no, kind it's of built true. her. She, she is different than Hillary Clinton in that way, but she, and, she's and it not might from be, money the way that Hillary, you know, right? There to me, there seems to be some, and again, and as I'm checking my own sexism at this point, but there is kind of like that same. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? That same trepidation when it comes to powerful women being in power. Where it's not necessarily the way that I think, but the way that I'm thinking of it through other people's eyes is the way they look at it with Elizabeth Warren is the same way that they're looking at Hillary Clinton. Well, my concern with Elizabeth Warren is less that she's actually a problem or actually unlikable and more that she's going to be painted that way because she's already exactly. been she's already been painted that's that way that's what i'm saying is that it's not she is there was a poll done on a website where she is actually the third most um anti-trump senator in the 115th uh what's the word i'm looking for don't know <laughs> i'm not sure but she's like the hun- she's the third Senator that's most, like, anti-Trump out of all of them, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. She has been said to be just below the liberal mark of Bernie Sanders. She has a lot of the same socialist um, thoughts and beliefs as Bernie Sanders does, which I think is is really great. She has a lot of the similar... um, She doesn't take from um, big donators... Right, she's very anti um, corporation. Thank you. That's she's what she's she's for. extremely anti corporation, and she's kind of like built her campaign around that. In fact, this is kind of like a bit from that video that she yeah. posted on her website. It says, "I've spent my career getting to the bottom of why America's promise works for some families, 
but but others who work just as hard slip through the cracks into disaster. And what I found is terrifying. These aren't cracks that families are falling into. They're traps. America's middle class is under attack. How do we? How did we get here? Billionaires and big corporations decided they wanted more of the pie, and they enlisted politicians to cut them a fatter slice. They crippled unions so no one could stop them, dismantled the financial rules meant to keep us safe after the Great Depression, and cut their own taxes so they paid less than their secretaries and janitors. Yeah. She has been... I, I'm conflicted. I will support Elizabeth Warren for as much as I can until I see who she's running against. Exactly. Because I'm I'm conflicted because I think Elizabeth Warren will make a fantastic president. Of course. And I don't think that we should sideline her because we're afraid of other people being upset about women in power. But look at but look at what happened. I, when, which I understand. I totally understand. Know, but if we have that mentality forever, then we will never have a female ex- president. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Is that it's it's hard that we have this history of fear that's embedded in us now where we're afraid of women taking that chance and stepping into that place of power because we saw how this woman was completely torn apart in 2016. Right. I mean it's concerning, but I'm not gonna get ahead of myself and be too no. worried about it right now because not. I I understand the trepidation and I have trepidation as well because Elizabeth Warren is so outspoken mm-hmm. that outspoken woman who is smart and strong yeah. equals unlikable yeah. bitch to a lot of awful. other people, which is terrible. Yeah. Um, but for now, I'm going to tentatively say I'm happy about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, w- the thing that I'm taking from all of this is that from what I've been reading about our potential Democratic candidates is I'm seeing a... A vast array of people who want to see real positive change happen right. from from the viewpoints that you and I very much agree with. Yeah. So I'm not really feeling negative about it because I feel like no matter what way it goes, we have a possibility of a lot of really wonderful, smart people True. who want to have True. that role. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to take a look at the big picture, mm-hmm. see who is who is available. I will vote with my heart in the primary. As I did last time, I voted for Bernie in the primary. I will vote with my heart in the primary. But whoever gets that ticket, if they're going up against Trump, I'm going to vote for the same way I did for Hillary. It's the same way I did for Hillary. So it's like... I'm going to just kind of take it as it comes. But for now, good for you, Elizabeth. Like, happy for you. And I think it's good that you and I continue to talk about the people who are coming up and saying that they want to run for president because I think it's good to be as informed as we possibly can be but at the same time keeping an open mind that all of these people honestly anybody is going to be better than Trump right you know what honestly. I mean but it's good for us to continue talking about it and to see the ups and downsides to these different Democratic candidates. Right. The and perfect candidate doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. There's a lot that I love about Beto. I don't love so much that he is not as experienced. But there's yeah. a lot of other things that I really like about him that also if he was running for president, if he had a good vice president, that could yeah. help. You know, so there are there are factors. But you know what I love about this right now, Keegan? Like, think about this. We started this podcast. We talked about this doing this show. On the train, on the way back after Trump was inaugurated right. from the march, November ninth, or yeah. it was a couple days after that, and we were so beaten, feeling, yeah, feeling, feeling, <laughs> and brokenhearted. And we talked about doing this show because we wanted to be able to make some sort of difference. And the fact that now, a year later, we are able to talk about the possibility of 
a new adventure, a new possibility. There really is a sense of hope that yeah. I really feel like we haven't felt in a while. Yes. And so talking about this, I feel like really brings me a sense of of possibility. Yeah. Really. And if feeling you, like there is there's an end to everything. Yeah, if you, you know? want to feel some hope, watch that video because it did it did fill me with that. Like it yeah. did give me hope. It was like, oh my gosh, like we, you know, in two years from now could be yeah. done with this, yeah. you know? And it doesn't mean it's going to happen, you know? Like, bad things, we've learned. Like, you think that a good thing is going to happen yeah. and it's going to completely flip. But I think that more than anything, people like you and I right now really do, much like Obama's campaign, we need that hope back in yeah. our hearts Yeah, oh, absolutely, lot. absolutely. So I feel this like... This is the turning point. It's like it is. things are very bad for Trump right now. 2019 is not set up to be a good year for nope. him legally or in any other way. Yep. And... And at the same time, we're going to start seeing these political candidates come forward yep. and be able to make, you know, good, educated decisions exactly. about who we want to be our next president. And I feel like in a, for the first time in a long time, I'm starting to almost see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's not quite there. I yeah. don't know if it's going to be there or not, but I feel like I'm leading towards something that could potentially be a light I'm at the end of the I'm feeling hopeful, but with caution, because of there course. is always... Short because of, short who of, thought Trump would be president? And, who thought? and short of Trump getting arrested or yeah. stepping down, he could go for another term. He could. And he could win. He could. So we need, to never know. we need to prepare our hearts for that as well. I mean, I really don't think he will at this point because I think that he's even let his followers down so much. But you never know. He, you, you don't know. He weaseled his way into his first election. Who yeah. Knows? But... Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, what else you got for us, Keegan? Okay, so this, I would say, is probably the most annoying thing that's happened. I'm wondering uh, if it's the same thing that I have. Continue. So Louis C.K. is back. Yes! <laughs> yeah. So Louis C.K. is back. There was a leaked audio on YouTube of a 45-minute set that he uh -huh. did. And uh, it's obnoxious. Listen, it's, it's very upsetting to me because... I feel like he's always done things, his shtick has always kind of been off-color. Like, that's yeah. kind of been his thing. Yeah. However, I feel like he is so woe is me. He came out on yeah. stage and was basically like, how terrible has my year been? Yeah. How rough has my life been? He didn't exactly. come out with any kind of sincerity about the things he's done or any apologies, really, about the things that he's done. And in fact, I think he swung really far the other direction because he realized I think he realizes that the left is not here for him anymore. Definitely. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to say some really fucking terrible shit on the yeah. other side of that spectrum and just be like a grumpy old man that maybe will appear appeal to people on the right. Yeah. So he made fun of the Parkland students. That I <laughs> That, for me, he did a lot of really awful things, but for me, him making fun of the Parkland students, that's not, to me, that's not even a left-right issue. That's just straight up Terrible person issue. Yeah. And evil. Well, yeah, it's a terrible person issue. Yeah. I, I, I think it's so disheartening for me with Louis C.K. because 
he kind of fooled us all into believing he was an ally. He did. You know, like I we remember were... reading when we were starting to do um, Man Crush Mondays, mm-hmm. and I was looking at feminist men. I remember um, it was a really old list, but Louis C.K. was on it. Right. Well, because he was always very, very open about his privilege as a white man. Exactly. Like, always very open about that. But um, then he comes out, and then this this leaked audio was incredibly racist as well. So he said about the Parkland students, this is a quote from that um, audio, he said, they testify in front of in front of Congress, these kids. What are you doing? You're young. You should be crazy. You should be yeah. unhinged. Not in a suit saying, I'm here to tell you. Fuck you. You're not interesting because you went to a high school where kids got shot. Why does that mean I have to listen to you? Why yeah. does that make you interesting? You didn't get shot. You pushed some fat kid in the way, and now I gotta listen to you talking. I just... Yeah. Like, even you just reading that again now, just, like... Yeah. It, it triggers something in me that is so painful and so mm-hmm. ignorant. You're talking about kids who have survived trauma. Yeah. It's like, like oh, so... And you said something else about, oh, you got shot. Why does that mean I have to... Or you... Or no. You were at a school you, where kids got shot. Yeah. You didn't get shot. Why do I have to listen to you? And there's something... Like, it, it almost brings me to tears. It's It's such, a visceral reaction, like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Yeah, I mean, and he, he also made some statements about um, gender pronouns and how he thinks that they're stupid yeah. and basically compared, you know, calling yourself they or them as calling yeah. yourself a they're, like an object. And I, I, I'm not going to read that one because I just think it's so vulgar that I just don't want to. Yeah. Um, well, have you read Ricky Gervais's... <clears throat> Tweets that were kind of like in defense of of Louis C.K. <laughs> no, so I'm surprisingly I'm on Fox News right now that I'm <laughs> reading to right. Ricky Gervais went on a Twitter rant that many believe to be inspired by the backlash his friend and fellow comedian Louis C.K. is receiving over leaked audio said that he mocked gender nonconforming people and survivors of the Parkland shooting. The star took to Twitter to discuss the concept of the subject being off-limits for comedy, arguing that things are either funny or they're not. He says, Please stop saying you can't joke about anything anymore. You can. You can joke about whatever the fuck you you like. And some people won't like it, and they will tell you they don't like it. And then it's up to you whether you give a fuck or not, and so on. It's a good system, he wrote on New Year's Eve. He added, there is no subject out of bounds. People often get offended when they mistake the subject of a joke with the actual target. It all depends on the joke. And to well, me... I don't think that that's necessarily in defense of Louis C.K. Well, I think it was that he had put it out after that happened. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's in defense of comedy. Comedy very often makes jokes of subjects that are distasteful, and that's okay. I it think is. there's a place for that. And I think that, that comedy... You know, I mean, both of us are fans of My Favorite Murder. We're fans of some other podcasts where they talk about very serious issues, but they're comedy podcasts. But I feel like there's a way to have a comedic outlook, an uplifting outlook on things that are tragic in a way that is respectful, in a way that is not. And by saying that you can make any joke that you want and how it's not your well, fault how people react, I think it's kind of fucked up. I think... There's a certain amount of empathy that needs to be involved to be good at comedy. Exactly. I think you can make any joke that you want. It doesn't necessarily make it make it funny, uh, and it doesn't necessarily make you funny. I also don't think, outside of this joke, these jokes just being offensive, I don't think that joke is funny. Like, I, I went, when I was on the cruise and they had, like, comedians doing stand-up every night, 
There is a certain subset of comedians whose whole shtick is, I'm old and I don't understand young people. Yeah. You know, and I don't find those jokes funny. Like, this, that's the whole thing. It's like, it's not that, because Jerry Seinfeld has come out and said a lot of shit about that. Like, oh my God, political correctness and fuck this. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, Jerry, you're not funny anymore. We don't relate to your comedy. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the, the, the thing is, don't tell us that we have no sense of humor because we're not laughing at your bad jokes. Well, like, but your honestly, jokes aren't funny anymore. I know, but I feel like what he's saying is that it's okay to joke about things that are completely distasteful. I think if you're going to write a joke about something that is tragic, it has to still be with the thought in mind of the survivors or the people who have been through this tragedy in a certain way that's going to be empathetic. If somebody were to make a horrible... 9-11 joke mm-hmm. we would not take that lightly i feel like when it comes to comedy yes free speech whatever you're allowed to say whatever you want but i also feel like you have to have a certain understanding and empathy like you said in order to say those jokes and still have a meaning beneath them in order for people to right but that's only if them well that's only if that's your goal like i don't yeah. know that that's louis ck's goal but here it, then, but then he shouldn't say it that's what i'm saying well, is but that like i don't know i think maybe we're saying different sides of the same thing because i don't necessarily think he shouldn't say it in fact i think he should say it i'm like at this point i'm like let your colors be shown like if that's who you want to be oh because he's a fucking that's asshole fine. yeah you're just an asshole right. and he did say at the end of his set he did say um what are you what are you going to do take away my birthday my life is over i don't give a shit so yeah. that's his shtick now it's burn it all down like yeah. he doesn't care no, that's, that's why true. he's doing it i mean i think this. i'm thinking more comedians that are not louis ck when i say things like that because i think that louis ck knows that you know, a lot of his fan base is gone when it comes to people that have feelings. Um, and he is. He's ready to burn it all to the ground. But I think that... But, you know, it didn't have to be over for him, truly. Like, if he didn't. had come out with a real, true apology, and even if he'd come exactly. out doing stand-up again... I was listening to Daily Zeitgeist, and they were talking about this, and they were saying how Richard Pryor, when he lit himself on fire smoking crack... He knew when he came back to do stand-up that he needed to make himself the butt of that joke. Exactly. You know, and come out and, like, acknowledge the thing right. that happened. Well, he, I mean, Louis C.K. is digging himself a bigger Right, because he, he didn't come and out if, and make himself, and if that's he's his throwing choice, a pity party for that's himself. That's his choice, you yeah. know what I mean? And there are still people who are standing behind him and 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 always will him. be, though. And it's always will up. be. But I'm, I'm more so, when I say the things that I said, I'm more so talking about other comedians and jokes in general, where it's like, I feel like if you are trying to be well-intentioned, you should make a well-intentioned joke that has some sort of empathy behind it. I agree. If that's not your intention, what am I to say? But I think a lot of these your people funeral. who are, who are say, who are doing really like, you know, offensive jokes are yeah. not trying to. No be empathetic in your any funeral way. and that, that's on you yeah. yeah and like in fact i'd rather you do that because then i know not to listen to you exactly i don't no, think it's funny i, I don't i, I don't like completely right. comedy like that i think you're completely right um do you have anything else i was gonna talk about bird box what do you want to talk about 
Okay, you go first. Let's well, talk I about mean, bird I just wanted to have a conversation with you, which we already kind of started before oh, this. Oh, okay. Um, because that was my only, like, it's not even lighthearted, but that was, like, my only lighthearted thing for the week. I haven't even finished it yet because it has, like, emotionally ruined me. Really? And I've had to take it in, like, sections. But I know you've watched it. I have watched it. Because my worst date has posted about it, and that killed me. Where oh, it's that's, like, uh, yeah. I posted that about, yeah. If this is going to work, you have to listen to everything yeah, that I say. Yeah, it was, like, me in a relationship, and it was a meme of Sandra. Bullock where she's like this is if, if this is going to work you have to do everything that I say and I'm like yeah that's funny yes that's exactly right um but I so everybody's been talking about this movie and I it's very polarizing some people did not is. like it I mean I I love it I think it's such mm-hmm. a great movie so last night I just had dinner with my boyfriend, and I'm like, I really want to see this movie, Bird Box. And he thought I was talking about Bird Cage with Nathan Lane and Robin Williams. Also a great movie. I know. He doesn't want to watch it with me. He's like, I don't think I would like it. And I'm like, you're going to love it. Just wait. Bird Cage is a great movie. Right? So he was kind of like, and I was like, no, no, no. Bird Box. Sandra Bullock. It's like a freaky horror movie or thriller or whatever you want to call it. And he was like, okay, fine. We'll watch it. Long story short, last night he had a panic attack. I started crying. It's a whole thing. So we stopped watching it. So we woke up this morning and, like, with our coffees, we're, like, watching it for, like, an hour and a half. And it took a toll on me. Just anxiety level? I mean, I just get... I'm one of those people that, like, when I watch things, I get... I start to take on, like, the emotions of the people that I'm seeing on screen, which is why I had a hard time with Haunting of Hill House, too. I would have Mm -hmm. to kind of take that in portions as well. My God, that thing took me for a trip. That shit's my favorite stuff. Like, I think I've watched just too much Walking Dead and too many horror movies to, like, feel... But this felt Anything. different. I love <laughs> horror movies and I love thrillers. Like, you and I used to watch Exorcist movies all the time. Yes. That shit doesn't affect me. It's fine. Whatever. But there's some, there was something... It was the tone of this movie that just, like, really fucked with me. Interesting. But I was like... But I love it. Like, I can't wait to finish it and watch it. Like, I love this movie so much. And I think that's what makes it so great is that it's putting me in that same place. Yeah. And it reminded me a lot of, like, uh, Quiet Place. It is a lot like Quiet Place. But instead of not being able to say anything, you can't see anything? Yeah, the blind version. That's what I said to um, Anthony. I was like, it's like the blind version of The Quiet Place. But I guess the book, the author of the book started writing it in 2009 and then started writing the screenplay in 2014. Hmm. Or maybe, no, the book came out in 2014 and then I think they started writing the screenplay after that. So it came out before... Quiet Place. Yeah, I wonder when Quiet Place was written, though, because sometimes it takes he, a while. Um, I just watched an interview with Emily Blunt, and she was saying that while she was filming Mary Poppins, her husband was writing Quiet Place. Okay. Yeah, so John it couldn't Kuzinski. have been too long ago. No. Um, but it, guys, it's really good, and I highly suggest you watch it. If anything, You let me know what you think when you get to the end, because that's the part that people um, are upset about. And oh. I, I wasn't upset about the ending. Upset? Yeah. Like, what kind of upset? Like, they feel like the ending's a cop-out. Oh. And I disagree. I disagree. Okay. But we'll talk about that after you've after you've seen it. Yeah, I just wanted to I just wanted to have that conversation with you over the air because it's such a big thing that everybody's talking oh, about right now. It's definitely in the zeitgeist right now. Like hard. So many. Yeah. So I many mean, memes. Um, it's amazing. Like Sandra Bullock is Well, she's always beautiful. amazing. She's always amazing. Anything with Sarah Paulson in it, I will watch. Yeah. I love her. John Malkovich um, is an asshole, but also that's how you survive. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, I just like that movie just took me on a roller coaster of emotions that I cannot even explain. So you guys, 
please message us on Instagram or email us your thoughts on this movie because I really want to know how everybody else is taking this because I feel like a crazy person. Strong female protagonist. Oh, so strong. So wonderful, but also so cold. Very cold. Oh my God, when she's talking to those kids. She's almost unrealistically cold in a way that I'm like, "Mm, I don't know that I buy that. But but they do have the the background set up for her and certain things like that where I kind of understand it. But yeah, very, very cold. But I I would be really, the reason I want to talk about it is because I was really interested in A, what you thought of the movie, and B, what everybody else who's listening to this episode thinks of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to finish it tonight so you guys won't spoil anything if you message me or message us tonight that would be fine or tomorrow or yeah tonight because we're putting this out on friday yeah totally so send me a message send us a message why do i keep talking about myself it doesn't so, matter i'm so conceited same diff <laughs> send us a message let me know what you think of this movie because it has fucked me up yeah, I really enjoyed it. So we'll it's talk so about it once good. you finish it. It's yeah. so good, but like, fuck, it's man. Beauti- it's beautifully done. It's beautifully yes. shot. Oh, my God. Yeah. Freaking Machine Gun Kelly. God, I know. <laughs> I had no Why idea who that person was in the are Max. are you in this movie? I know, and the Max was talking about it. I was like, who the fuck is that? That's the only thing where I was just like, he did not need to be here. No. Give that, that job to an actor. That whole storyline, too. I was like, what? We don't need this. It, served one, it served one purpose. For them to... Yeah, we can't We can't talk about that I, on, I'm on mal- air. I mouthed it as No, fine. no spoilers. Okay, I have one last thing, and this okay. I think you're going to get a kick out of. So I like getting a kick out of things. Tell a me. A musical adaptation of Nicholas Sparks' novel... The Notebook. Stop! Is coming to Broadway. Stop! Oh my god, it gets so much better. This, <gasps> wait, wait, wait. This is designed to, like, this is designed to make you become a puddle of tears in you your seat. You guys! Like, you guys! You don't even understand. Okay. I have, like, my hands on my face. I can't handle oh, no, no. this right it, now. It gets better. Tell so me. Hang tell me. in there. Everything. So, singer-songwriter... Ingrid Michaelson is writing the music. Stop. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like my 2004 self is losing my mind. Um, and the person who's writing the book for the musical is one of the writers from This Is Us. We're gonna die. Oh We're literally god. going to die. Oh my god. We're gonna cry our faces off. Oh my god. Yeah, I Keegan, can't wait. Just for the sake of this podcast. I don't care if we have to go to New York. We have to see it and yeah. then do an episode about yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. Did you know that the Notebook episode we did is like number three of all time? Yeah, people really liked that. That's great. People you love pop culture. They What's love pop up? culture. We talk um, about so much good shit. No, but I love that because I, I, I love talking too. about pop I culture. Do, honestly, I, um, I was th- I was thinking about other problematic movies we should probably watch. Yeah. But um, let's do yeah, it. Soon. Yeah, I definitely love. I, I you know. Go back, listen to our Notebook episode if you want to know my feelings about The Notebook. Yeah. Highly problematic movie for a myriad of reasons. Yeah. Still freaking love that movie. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. Still love it. Don't care. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't... I How did I not hear about this? I don't know, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited. It's It seems like it's a ways off from being completed because it was just announced. I can't announced. believe This Is Us. This Is Us. Oh. Ingrid Michaelson, The Notebook. This is going to be the most intense experience of my like yeah. adult life. I mean, when you first said it, I was like, what the fuck? And then as you kept going, I was like, Oh no, Holy I'm excited shit. about it. I can't wait. Like, but like, there's also this weird thing about all these weird musical adaptations. I am tired of that. Amazing that's... Spider-Man didn't need to happen. No. Like, that did not need to be a musical honestly, Bono. Even, even things like Mean Girls and Bring It On, I'm just kind of like, I'm I'm sure there's great, Lily Blonde, like I've heard this great music 
that I like Legally Blonde's music. I haven't seen it, and I'm sure the music is wonderful because these songwriters are beautiful and talented and wonderful. But it's kind of just like, why? Well, remakes in, remakes in general kind I of know. get on my nerves because I'm like, it, can we not Leave write well new enough movies? Alone. Like Leave. I heard that the craft is being done again, and I'm like, that seems unnecessary. I love the craft. That's a problematic fave, probably. But well, I've seen it. I, oh I know about God. it, but I haven't it's seen so it. It's so great. I don't think I've seen it. It might not even actually be that problematic. I think I'm, I think I'm conflating it with something else. But anyway, I love the the craft. It's a great movie. But yes, The Notebook, <sighs> Broadway musical. I can't wait. I'm gonna go see it. The Holy end. Shit. <laughs> the end. Well, you guys, that's that's all I have. Yeah, that's all I have too. Sweet. We are so good so at making good. it right at 30 minutes. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. You guys, this is our first episode of 2019. Oh, hey. Welcome to 2019, listeners. Isn't that crazy? Hi. Yes, Hi. it is. It's weird. It's very weird, but also it's very there is a uh a cleansing effect that happens every new a year. Bit every new yeah. year, and yeah. Keegan and I were just talking about you know ways we want our lives to change and better them, intentions, personally, things like that. And there is something so hopeful about it. So I hope that you guys are all thinking of ways ways that you can better yourselves, better your lives, better the people around you. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing to think of in the new year. Um, we are going to be. Our deadline for our Ask Me Anything questions are gonna is gonna be January fourteenth. So yeah, we've have, gotten a lot of really really good ones. Oh my! I mean, we already could probably do a whole episode on what you guys have already sent us, but we really would like to get more yeah. so that Keegan and I can really um, make it as jam packed as possible. You guys have got eleven days, January four. Ten days, because it's coming out tomorrow. Yes. You ten guys days. have ten days um, to send in your questions. January 14th is going to be the cutoff. The best ways to send us your questions are either to email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or to send us a direct message on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. You can also follow us on Twitter at Yanf Podcast, Y-A-N-F Podcast. Um, listen to us on Radio Public. It's a really big help. Um, be sure rate and review. Thank you. Rate and review us on iTunes. You can also do that on Facebook, which is really cool. We also have a Facebook group and a business page that you can follow us on. Um, I think that's all the things. I always like whenever I get to the end of that list, I'm always like, "There's got to be more." I know. Right? I always, I always feel like I'm leaving something out, but I don't. Think and you I always, are. Have to, I'm like, "Is that it?" You have to do the mental catalog. Is that it? We're good. We should I, again. We should just have like a list. And I like, know, honestly, go through it and be like, "Okay, I did all the things. I did what I have to do." Otherwise, my mom gets so unhappy. <laughs> you get just uh, you wake up to a bunch of texts. It's messages. just like Madigan. Why didn't you tell him to write and review? Sorry, mom. I'm sorry I've disappointed you again. Well, I think um, I'm gonna get some alcohol before we record our full length episode. I think I need another cup of coffee. Yeah, I feel like you need to like rise up in intoxication, and yes. I need to just continue to level precisely. Down in yes, <laughs> I had to have my boyfriend drive me here tonight because I was like, I feel okay. But, like, in case I'm not, can you drive? <laughs> yeah, better safe than sorry when it right. comes to that. Exactly. So, all right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And with all of that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.